Drug addiction, alcoholism, sadism, bestiality, mutilation, murder, vampirism, necrophilia, cannibalism, not to mention a gamut of sexual goodies. Shall I go on? Hey, what's up and welcome to the HorrorCast. This is episode number 47 of the HorrorCast and we are a bi-weekly horror movie discussion podcast where we will review one older movie per episode where we will spoil that movie and talk pretty in-depth about it. And then we will also do another movie that is newer, you know, within the, the last couple of years and we try our best not to spoil that one in case you hadn't seen it. So I am your host tonight, Mark Nato. I wanted to uh, shout out Walshy and Horror Gal Susan. They're not going to be here tonight. Walshy is having computer issues, and Horror Gal is somewhere in L.A. in traffic, and we wish her Godspeed. But I do have three uh, cool co-hosts to come on here and talk some horror with me. So let's, uh, let's bring in out in L.A., let's bring in Mr. Venom. What's up, Mr. Venom? Hey, Mark Nato, how you doing? Uh, listeners, I hope you're all doing well. I myself am fighting a little bout of uh, sore throat and asthma right now, so <clears throat> you might hear a little bit of a difference in my voice, but trust me, the normal uh, Mr. Venom piss and vinegar will be there. <laughs> That's more like it. Piss and vinegar. I like it. <laughs> you got lots of piss and lots of vinegar. All right, let's bring in from my neck of the woods, Captain Creepy. What's up, Captain? Hey, Mark Nato and uh, my other HorrorCast co-hosts, and uh, best wishes and good health to Mr. Venom. Yes, hope you have some Vicks rubbing on your chest. It puts the Vicks in the basket. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and let's bring in uh, from up in Connecticut, Revenant Vin. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, listeners? Good to be here. Yes, uh, this time I didn't say you were smart. You know, every time that we introduce you, we say you're smart. This time, nah, you're just dumb. You're just plain old dumb Vin. He's so smart that he already knew he was. It's like I get the episode off. It's good. That's right. That's right. You know, you got one of those names, you know. Hey, man, what's up, Vin? You know, you you expect that guy to, like, be working on his master's? I don't know. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Sounds like somebody from the horror mafia. That's right. Vinny Barbarino. (laughs) All right. Well, we are excited tonight because we will be talking about two haunted house movies. I, I guess you, I, I picked these because I thought one was going to be a haunted house, and it turned out not to be. But uh, they're two houses. Okay. So first of all, we're going to be talking about the the, and I'm putting these in air quotes because do we like it or not? I don't know. Classic movie from 1973, The Legend of Hell House. And then we'll be going to the Netflix queue, 2017's The Mansion, or uh, as the French say, uh, what is it? La Manure? Yeah, I know what you guys are going to say. But uh, we will talk about those 
in just a minute. I wanted to make an announcement. We are going to be coming up here in just a few episodes on our 50th uh, episode of the HorrorCast. And we thought we would do something a little special. We were going to go ahead and do a list episode. A list episodes are typically some of our most popular, most downloaded episodes. So that says to me, not only do I like lists, the listeners like lists too. You like making lists, you like hearing lists, because lots of different movies get mentioned and it's just something that people tend to gravitate towards. So we are going to be doing the top 50 scariest scenes in horror history uh, on episode number 50. Now, how are we going to do that? How are we going to determine that? Um, basically I'm just going to write the list myself. No, I'm just kidding. That's not <laughs> how it's going to work. Uh, all of the members of the, of the horror cast are going to make a list and set them, submit them all together. And then I've already started this on Facebook, Twitter, uh, through email, whatever, uh, you go ahead and you share with us what you think the scariest scene or scenes are in horror history. And then basically every mention that a scene gets it'll get a point it'll get weighted and then it'll you know if it gets the most points that something gets it gets moved up to the top it's pretty simple it's pretty simple so that's how we're going to do it and i'm 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 really excited about it because i think it's going to be a, a a wide variety of uh, people because everyone's got incredible opinions and uh about what's scary and what's not i mean you might think something is frightening and i might think it's not but this with so many people chiming in we're bound to get a good round uh group of of, of scenes to to chat about okay so be looking for that uh that is three episodes from now so what's that about six weeks from now so we are looking forward to that just wanted to throw that out there and mention it so uh we're going to be taking a small break when we get back we are going to be getting right into what we've been watching Here we go. What we've been watching. And we're going to start out this time with Revenant Vin. Revenant Vin, what have you been watching? Not much. Uh, I've been really busy. Uh, the only thing that I have actually been watching, um, I'm four episodes into the first season of Channel Zero, uh, Candle Cove. Uh, i got two episodes to go. Uh, I'm definitely enjoying it. Uh, I really like the aspect of um, <clears throat> you've got these adults who remember seeing a television show, a kid's show back in the 80s, uh, but the parents tell them basically that they were never actually watching a show, they were just looking at static, but they all have these memories of them. And that's definitely a very compelling idea that I've really liked about the show so far. Yeah, that's that's the one with the, the monster made it all out of teeth, right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is completely creepy, and it's that's that's one of the scariest things I've seen, you know, especially on TV. Uh, that that's something that could be in a in a horror movie, and and I think it would be be pretty scary. But um, I, I did want to mention I know the American Horror Story is coming out soon, and I am not one of those guys that religiously watches American Horror Story because honestly, pretty much pretty much every season I'll go into it. And I'm like, oh man, I really like this concept. Like I love the the whole um, the carnival one, the freak show. 
and uh, I loved the Roanoke concept. I liked the um, the asylum concept. And then I'll get into you know about halfway through, and then I'll lose lose my desire to finish it. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. But this one, there are there are two seasons that I kind of liked, and it was the first one, which I believe was entitled Murder House, and the third one, which was entitled Coven. I believe. And this is supposed to be, this season, like a crossover. They're bringing those two casts back, uh, and it's going to be crossed over. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. And hopefully it doesn't run out of steam for me. Uh, I know, Mr. Venom, you said you you really like all those seasons? For the most part. Um, I was actually referring to, uh, um, excuse me, Channel Zero, where... Um, there have been three seasons so far. All three seasons have been based on fairly popular creepy pastas from the internet. Um, season one, obviously, um, being about Candle Cove, most of that season kind of uh, lives within the lore of that creepy pasta. But then the second season, No End House, um, they basically cover the entire creepy pasta just in episode one. Like episode one ends where the creepy pasta ends, and then the, the the next five episodes are basically just creative license that the uh, the filmmakers or the showrunners decided to go with. But yeah, I thoroughly enjoy all episodes of uh, of uh, excuse me Channel Zero. Now with American Horror Story, I have seen all this. All, I've seen every season. I'm not gonna say that I'm a huge fan of every single season. I'll definitely say Murder House, Call Roanoke. Um, surprisingly cult because uh, as I had mentioned before it's like the least horror of any season of American Horror Story mm-hmm. since it has a lot of you know political and religious you know viewpoints being thrown around but I still thoroughly enjoyed it and we still got to see uh, uh, old clown face come back I forgot his damn name <laughs> Is it, um, I know what you're talking about that, yeah, that's yeah. freaky that's a freaky character too yeah yeah he, he brings a few clown friends with him in uh, that season, uh, which was the last season, actually. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the new season. Definitely looking forward to uh, the uh, the mashup of those two seasons because I did enjoy both of those. So, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that one. Cool. Vin, you been watching anything else, or is that about it? No, that's about it. All right. Everybody, you should know he's been working at, with school trying to get a masters or something you know again trying to get away from him being smart but he doesn't make it easy all right how about you captain creepy you been watching anything yep other than uh tonight's feature films that we're about to review and discuss uh today i watched the uh, documentary uh, the devil and father uh, morth or uh, mort uh, it sounds yeah. like you're pronouncing it two different ways on there so i don't know what the exact pronunciation is but you you know what i'm talking about right yep mm-hmm. william freaking yep you got it um, and, i forgot uh, i actually did watch that too yeah yeah so i was just <laughs> forgetting about these documentaries yeah i was trying to try to cram something in here real quick other than uh the two movies that we we're like i said we're going to review but uh I, my newest is, it has probably been out for a while i don't know what season they're on but uh, my new obsession is this uh my haunted house on the travel channel anybody else watching that i can't keep track of all the paranormal like yeah, haunted house right. ones because yeah. I, I do There's like a lot, a lot of them, but there, they're they're all over the place. 
Yeah, this one I never I never heard of it until the other day. I just decided it was on, and I decided to watch it, and I actually started binging it and set it uh, to record the series now. I thought it was that good. Do they so, do like reenactments you know, and stuff? Yeah, reenactments and you know back to the the real people interviews and uh, but you know whether they're legit stories or not, they're they seem legit to me, and they're they're really good. They're, I yeah. think they're really well done. And I tell you what, man, these stories have given me the you know raise the the hair on my arms more than you know some horror movies have. But uh, so yeah, I got that's my new obsession with that. So yeah, that's a, about all I've been watching. That's cool. I I kind of stopped watching those because it made me think my house was haunted, and, uh, and also <laughs> one of the ones that I saw, um, uh-huh. I think it was on the channel destination unknown maybe yeah i don't yeah, remember I know what you're talking about but there literally the house the house oh. they were talking about was 10 minutes from my house yeah there was one that wow. was from my area too so i don't know if it was the same one or yeah, i thought yeah. it was closer to where i live but it could be the same one that you're talking about but yeah i don't get that channel so i never did get to see that episode yeah so sometimes i drive by there trying oh. to trying to figure out if oh, is, this, is that the house trying to see oh. if i see anybody looking out the window at me <laughs> you know like satan uh-huh. or something but no all right. Well, I'm going to tell you this, Mr. Venom. I'm going to I'm going to let you rest your voice for a second. And thank you. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead get yourself some hot tea. Uh, I'm going to talk about what I've seen. And I told everybody uh, a couple episodes. I said I promise I'm going to have at least a dozen new ones watched by the next episode. Well, the next episode I had like three, so I was I failed tremendously. Uh, this time I watched 20 new movies. Um, wow. and, and, and I'm not going to, you know, go through and really, um, I'm going to give you like just a blurb about what I watched, whether I'd recommend it. And then I'm going to give you the score. Um, I watched a movie called delirium. There are two horror movies out right now called delirium. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that I watched, uh, what's that guy's name? Is it Toffer or topper? Grace? Topher Grace. Topher. Topher. I don't know. PH, it should be Toffer, Toffer, right? It's no. Topher. Topher, okay. Topher, hey. And, and I like him. I like him. I think he's a good actor. Um, no. You don't think so? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, as you all know by my nickname, I'm a huge Venom fan. And what he did to Venom <laughs> in Spider-Man oh, 3. Well, you can't. Forget. It's unforgivable. Yeah, well, you can't. I don't, I don't even acknowledge that movie. There was no Spider-Man 3. So, yeah. yeah, let's, let's I, move on. I would say you can't even put that on him. You know what I'm saying? That's not his fault. That was uh, that was crap from the from the script. But uh, and that's not even like something that he fit. He didn't fit that part. No, but, not at yeah. all. Yeah, but anyway, is, Thomas Hayden Church, the guy who played Sandman, should have been Venom. Yes. I mean, he had he looked exactly like Eddie Brock. So oh, I don't I don't know what. Do you oh, know who thinking. you know who should have been Venom? Who's that? Tom Hardy. <laughs> oh, stop it! Oh, wait a minute! No, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Jerry. Jerry, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Venom would have loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Delirium is is about this guy who gets out of jail or a mental asylum, and he goes into a a big house that his father, who has passed away and is rich, has left him, and he's kind of on house arrest, and he. And it's one of those things where you don't know if what is happening is real because this guy is on uh, powerful um, antipsychotic drugs, uh, whether things are happening or not, or, you know, whether he has a brother or does he not, you know. And I, I thought it was a decent movie. It was about a, about a six and a half, seven out of ten. 
it's worth watching if you like those sorts of, uh, you know, movies. I saw a movie called Marrowbone, which I will just say is a great movie. It's a 9 out of 10. Um, yeah, I've been wanting yeah. to check it out. It's got one of the kids from uh, Stranger Things in it. Yeah, the uh, what's the Charlie? Is that his name? Charlie Hort. That, Charlie Horton, real, I think. That's his real name. Yeah, I think he's, he's, he's the his older name. brother. Yeah, he's Charlie the older Horton. Brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, poor guy. He also has a, a pretty bad cocaine addiction, but uh, you know, I'm not going to go into that. But uh, Marrowbone is is uh, it's a good uh, it's a good tale. It's it's a little bit of a slow burn, but if you like uh, mysteries with your horror. You're trying to figure out this thing the whole way through, and uh, you know some some really uh, seasoned horror veterans will guess what's going on. I think, but it's still worth a watch. Uh, I watched The Lodgers, which Vin, did you say you watched that too? Yep. I know you yeah. said you you didn't watch it this week. You've already watched it, and it's in your top ten of the year so far. Yeah. I, I yeah, really I, I really love that movie. I have that on a list to watch. I got like a list of ten that I want to watch, to, and that's on there. Well, I'm a sucker for like historic gothic type stories. So yeah, mm-hmm. me too, me too. And how they tied in, you know, the guy coming back from the war, you know, yeah, the, the Irish. Uh, it, it it was just. I'm not saying it's a perfect movie, but I I gave it a, a nine to a nine and a half out of ten. I I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It was beautifully done. Uh, the acting is great. It's got some uh, familiar um, British actors in it that that you might know. And man, it, it I, t- I was telling Mr. Venom, it does it without cheap jump scares. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just atmosphere and tone and setting, and there are some creepy things that happen. And and it, it, it's not something where it has to jump out, you know. Uh, and I want to tell you. Captain Creepy, hold off because uh, Lodgers is coming to Netflix. Oh, okay, cool. I, I believe within the next week or so. Yeah. August twenty third. August twenty third. There you go. So that's awesome. what, Thursday. Yep. Yeah. So uh, wait, no, don't don't rent it or anything. I hate to yeah. say that, but um, saw the Devil's Doorway, which I got. Uh, like I said, I, go ahead. Uh, Mister um, Venom had, had had recommended, I think, last episode, and that is uh, back in the sixties. These two priests are sent to a um, what's it called a, a, a nunnery a, a nunnery they they call it something else and I forget what it is a monastery yeah and uh, because the the statue of the Virgin Mary is weeping blood so they're All, supposed to yeah. be there to you know document and to say whether this is a, a, a miracle or what's going on and of course the one priest is young and raw. And the other priest is old. He's seen it all. And he's like, this is not a miracle. Somebody's doing this. It never is. Uh, and then uh, basically what is happening is they're filming this whole thing um, for the Vatican or for, you know, whoever they're filming. And, of course, it's got that grainy quality that a, that a 1960s um, video camera or whatever. Uh, by the way, you gotta you got to suspend some disbelief there because a video camera back in the 60s would have been huge. Um, I think well, so. video camera did, didn't exist. Yeah, the, <laughs> it's a film camera. Yeah, the fil- yeah, the film <laughs> camera. It would have been like ginormous, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, but anyway, uh, and and something else is going on there entirely. And I, mm-hmm. I really, I enjoyed that movie. It's found footage, um, and and I think that it's worth your while. It's eight and a half out of ten for me. Uh, I keep doing some some uh, great movies, man. Incident in a Ghost Land. 
Did you guys see this one yet? Yes. What, I didn't see it, but I watched the trailer for it today. Okay. Watch that. Watch that. That, mm-hmm. that one, and don't read anything about it. Just go right into it. And 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 uh, it's got a it's got a twist in there, but it it freaked me out. It was it was really it was really really good, and I gave that a nine out of ten. Uh, Jerry, I watched Our House, the one nice. you're talking about. Uh, I give that a six out of ten. Uh, it w- it was a decent flick, and I think that's somewhere around what you gave it, six or seven or whatever. But um, yeah, yeah, like I I gave it I gave it its score based on the strength of the third act. The yep. first two acts are very slow. You know, it's your traditional yes. ghost story, slow burn. But yeah, that third act, I absolutely enjoyed. So I gave it a pretty, I pretty I th- I'm pretty sure I gave it somewhere in the neighborhood of a seven. Yeah. Yep. Um, watched this. This is not really considered a horror movie, but it's called Welcome the Stranger. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Um, nope. I don't know anything about that one. Uh, let's just say that this could be a cousin to mother how you like that mr venom i hate it (laughs) (laughs) so that means don't watch it this whole movie um is basically about something else it's about like it's i don't know if that would be called an allegory or what but it's really not even about what it's about (laughs) but it's a it's a it's a well-acted movie it's extreme slow burn it's about a brother and sister um he's living in this big old house and she comes they're estranged and she comes to visit him and just weird things start happening and uh it was a good watch most people who love horror are probably going to hate it but i gave it a seven half out of ten please if you don't like slow burns or movies like mother and i'm not saying it's you know exactly like mother but it's just you know what i'm saying it it, it kind of has a different meaning than what you're seeing on the screen then then stay away from it um i watched stephanie did you guys see that yet this not li- yet this little this little girl um is left by her parents in the house all alone and and what you think is happening here is like some sort of a a virus outbreak or a, a like a zombie outbreak or something and and her parents come back probably about 20 minutes into the movie. Uh, her parents come back and there's a big twist. And I, I thought that was a, about a seven and a seven out of 10. So check that out. Satan slaves. Daggone really good movie. Nine and a half out of 10. That's all I got to say. It's, um, it's from, uh, Thailand, I believe. Yeah. So you're going to read, um, your, uh, your, your captions, your, you're closed. Uh, what? Oh my gosh! Subtitles. I'm sorry. You got to read those. But it, it's it's almost like, uh, and I hate to say this because a lot of people hate this guy, but James Wan. It's almost like if James Wan moved to Thailand and made a movie. Uh, that it, sounds it, awesome. Yeah, it, it was it was good. It had a lot of jump scares, but it, it was still very effective and creepy. Uh, the witch in the window is a seven and a half out of ten. A lot of people talking about this movie as if it's like the best of the year it's a good movie it's extremely slow extremely slow uh and the majority of horror fans won't won't like it very much but i gave it a seven and a half out of ten it's worth watching down a dark hall eight and a half out of ten all i'm gonna say is i know it says on the poster from the producers of the twilight saga (laughs) okay 
please ignore that. I watched yeah. the trailer for that one too. It looked good. Yeah, all yeah, that all good. that, that is good. all that is is the the lady that wrote Twilight put some money into it. You know, that's it. That's all it means. Uh, and it's and I wasn't even aware of this, but it's based on a book from the seventies. The same lady who wrote, um, I know what you did last summer. And there's a couple other like young adult like thriller horror type books uh, that she wrote. I forget her name, but this this was a really good movie. It had a lot of good uh, atmosphere and tension, and it had a jump scare in it that literally made me pee my pants. Okay, it, it was it was one of the best jump scares I've if seen. If peeing in your while. pants is cool, then consider me Miles Davis. That's right, Billy Madison. Uh, <laughs> finally watched Revenge. <laughs> Nine out of ten. That movie is a blast. Uh, you just, <laughs> you just, you just got to dispense, you suspend your disbelief because half oh, of yeah. that stuff there, there's no way. But it was hilarious. It was over the top violence. Lots and lots and lots of blood. Um, <laughs> finally saw Unsane. I enjoyed mm-hmm. that one. Eight and a half out of ten. Dead Night. Starring Barbara Camden. I really enjoyed that when I gave that a 9 out of 10. Uh, a lot of good gore. Pretty uh, pretty cool thing. Um, the Meg I saw, mm, 7 out of 10. Thought it was... It, it wasn't a horror movie. It no, was, no, it wasn't it was, a horror movie. It was like action movie light. It, it, uh, you know, it was a little boring as it started to get going. It was like 20 minutes in. I'm like, okay, can we... Can we get some shark? Let's get go. You know, so seven out of ten. If you like shark movies, you'll like it. But it's, don't expect Jaws, uh, no. Slenderman, and and people are going to be writing me. I'm sure. I enjoyed Slenderman. I yeah, thought it I was a seven that. out of ten. Uh, I enjoyed it, and and I have to stay away from Facebook because everyone that's on Facebook just says don't bother watching. It's it's crap. This or whatever. Most of those people never even saw it. Okay, they just—they're just gonna say because it's the Slender Man and and it's coming out and it's PG thirteen and it's a studio horror movie. They're gonna say, you know, don't go see it. It's a, the biggest bunch of crap. People my are young, saying it's like the Bye Bye Man. Are you kidding me? No, absolutely not. No. My young my younger daughter actually went and saw it and she said it was all right. But she uh, there's something about I don't know the whole story origins and all that. But she said that they have some kind of game. You know, where you collect clues in the forest or something like that. She said that it uh, it didn't kind of have that in the story that she wished that was in there. But no, they yeah. went. They they definitely uh, concentrated more on the real life lore of Slender Man. Uh, what you're talking about is the video game uh, Slender Man, yeah. the yeah, missing right. pages or the lost pages. I think something like that, right. which was great. By the way, that video game is awesome. It's such a it's a simple premise, but it works on every level. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know that they could have done, I, I guess they could have incorporated some of the aspects of that, of, you know, finding the pages and learning about his origin, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it, it just would have added probably another 20, 30 minutes to the movie. And nobody really wants that. No, <laughs> yeah. no, not a movie like that. But yeah. I thought it was effectively creepy. I thought all four of the, the girls who were uh, acting in the movie were were just fine, if not, you know, better than fine, uh, as far as acting wise. I, I just enjoyed it, you know. And it, I'm not saying it's the best movie of the year. I'm not even saying it's going to be top ten, but it's not crap. Okay, I've seen crap, and that that's not it. 
<laughs> um, and then last one, I'm going to say, uh, there's a few more, but I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to kind of shorten it because I'm going on and on. But, and I know I'm going to get flack for this, is I finally watched Terrifier. <laughs> which, if you don't know, uh, guys did this, um, it was like an anthology, it was called All Hallows' Eve, and there's there's more than one, right? Yeah, and then All Hallows' Eve 1031 was the sequel. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I kind of liked some of the shorts in that, and then introduced a, a, a character named Art the Clown, which was really creepy in the in the anthology. So, of course, Art the Clown needs his full-length movie. So that's what this is. Um, if if the only reason to watch this movie is if you like over-the-top, like, non-realistic gore, um, you know, like Art the Clown hanging a naked girl upside down and then sawing her right down the middle with a bone saw, with like like it's a knife through butter. Like, like that's realistic. You know, through bone, through skull, you know, and all the time he's looking at this other girl kind of smiling. You know, I, I don't know. It The, the characters, I didn't like any of the characters. There was, there was no character development to speak of. It was just, you know, how many different ways can Art the Clown smile at you and, like, wave and, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I like I'm seeing a trend this year with uh, movies coming out that have a lot of gore, unexpected gore, and people are raving about it, despite the fact that the story isn't ultra strong. Yeah. So it seems to be like a theme. Yeah, and I understand. A lot of horror movies, a lot of horror fans, they, they want gore. They That's what they enjoy. Um, I don't I don't necessarily need gore in a movie. If it's done well, it, then I don't, I don't mind it, but... Gore for the sake of gore, to me isn't isn't horror movies uh, that or it's just not my cup of tea. Like you can go watch American Guinea Pig movies and and watch all the gore you want and it's crap. <laughs> so I mean it is it's just crap. People don't have any, you know. I don't know. I don't know. I'll give those movies more merit than Terrifier anyway. <laughs> okay, well there you go. So that shows you how much uh, Mr. Venom. And one of the fire. one of the movies that I'm going to talk about here in a little bit is uh, kind of falls under the same realm, but we'll get to that. Well, you're you're up. That was my last one. So last right. last one to go here. So um, a lot of what Mark already went over, I've obviously already seen the Lodgers, Terrifier, Marrow Bones, stuff like that, but. Just a, a few of the newer things that I've seen over the last couple of weeks. Um, I saw an independent film called The Row. Um, this is actually starring Randy Couture. Yes, UFC's Randy Couture as a police officer who's sending his only daughter off to college. Um, Mom is uh, not with them. She passed away from some mysterious event that we don't find out about until later in the film. And uh, basically... Um, Randy Couture's daughter tries to pledge a sorority. Um, members of that sorority start getting bumped off one by one. You know, it's think of a think of a less quality house on sorority row. Um, yeah, was that at the theaters or VOD? Is that? Um, it, it was one of those limited release things. I saw it in a theater out here in LA, but it, it was the same day it hit VOD. So yeah. But is the quality um, is the quality like? Oh, it looks TV like a Hollywood or... film. 
Oh, duh. no, no, no. Okay. I mean, it looks, yeah, no, it looks nice for whatever it's worth. The transitions don't really remind you of a TV movie by any stretch. It's just the acting is not great. The writing is fairly weak. The poster's the, horrible. Oh, the poster is awful. Um, that's that's what made me think like made for TV, like a lifetime movie. Because I, I like, that poster is disgusting. <laughs> um, but yeah, so th- that one's one you can avoid. It, you know, you, you end up getting a very cliche ending with a cliche twist as to you know who the killer is. It's and what their motivations are. It's basically a modern whodunit with a lot of red herrings, but none of them are really effective. And once you get the, you know, the actual story, you get the twist ending. It's like, eh, I guess that's okay. You know, it's, it's nothing that's going to thrill anybody, but, uh, it definitely leaves more questions than answers. So, so that's the row. I gave it a low score that I would say avoid that one. Um, let's see. Mark already talked about slender man. I am, <clears throat> I'm on board with Mark in that it was surprising it wasn't quite happy death day surprising by any stretch like you know i walked out of happy death day absolutely loving that film slender man you know i'm not gonna say i loved it i enjoyed it i liked it i you know i went into the theater i try to keep my expectations low when it comes to big budget hollywood horror films so you know i went into the movie expecting absolute crap and you know i got something that was just mild crap so you know (laughs) mild (laughs) so it surprised yeah so it surprised me um you know the kills were nothing special obviously it's pg-13 i will say i did enjoy the final two images of slender man himself um I, I thought they were just really cool looking the way. Yeah, obviously, the those of you who know about Slender Man knows that he has those tendrils that pop out of his back, um, you know, right before he's about to take someone's soul. And they did that quite effectively, I thought. They don't drag it out. You know, the shot is only like maybe two or three seconds. But, you know, I enjoyed it for whatever it's worth. Um also saw the Meg. I'm right there with Mark. I, I, I think I actually like the Meg a little bit more than Mark because mm-hmm. I was not in any way, shape, or form expecting a horror movie. I was expecting 80s cheesy action movie with lots of one-liners and you know bad puns and everything else. And it's pretty much exactly what we got. And I had an ear-to-ear grin on my face for pretty much the entire movie. Sure, do I wish it was as gory as, say, Piranha 3D? Yes. Um, but did I need it? No, not not at all. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, th- this is this is a megalodon. This thing is 75 feet long. He, he, he's not going to be in the habit of biting people in half. He's going to be swallowing people whole. Mm-hmm. So, you know, th- the only real good gory effects that you're going to get is when he affects, uh, excuse me, when he attacks another shark or a whale, which we do get um, in a kind of a cool little twist and uh, twist surprise in the second act. Um, so, but yeah, it's like, you know, a lot of people were, you know, talking about how they miss the gore of Jaws in this movie. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot, lot more to miss from Jaws than the gore when you're talking about the Meg. I mean, the Meg is at best a second tier shark movie. There is no, there is nothing on the first tier other than Jaws. Jaws stands alone. Yeah. And 
like I said, this movie is just pure cheese action movie. You know, go. I saw it on IMAX in uh, in a Dolby Cinema, which is the one where like the seats shake and they got like speakers, subwoofers underneath the seats and everything. So it was just a really cool experience. Um, I got to see it with a really good crowd. Blah blah blah. So I would recommend seeing the Megan theaters if you get a chance. You know, use your movie pass before it goes away. So yes. sad. and then let's see after that i saw um a possession film called along came the devil which was an extremely slow burn for the first couple of acts and i mean very slow like you do you do get some shots of of a possessed individual you know doing their normal you know routine of you know making distorted faces and speaking in tongues and everything like that <clears throat> but then in the third act, when they actually perf- start performing the exorcism is when the movie starts to get really good. And then the ending just kills it. The ending just completely destroys all the goodwill that that third act created. It's um, it's just one of those open-ended endings where nothing is resolved. And it's almost like they're hoping to make it a franchise. But I don't understand why they would think an independent demonic possession film that they're going to get a franchise out of this thing especially when the acting was fairly subpar uh the pre the two priests were okay but um you know the girl the subject of the possession and then the rest of her family just you know kind of laughable as far as their acting skills so um i'm I'm gonna say this is not a recommend i gave it a 5.5 out of 10 and that's just being generous once again because the third act was so good um, after that, and now we're, we're getting to the movie that I kind of feel the same way that Mark feels about Terrifier. And that's the new Puppet Master. Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich. Um, mm. That was released this past Friday. Um, there have been screeners of it floating around the community for over a month, maybe a couple of months. And I've heard nothing but glowing reviews. Absolutely glowing reviews. The gore is amazing. The kills are astounding. Um you know the the movie is it's a return to grace for the franchise now i'm not gonna out and out disagree with any of those statements but i am gonna say that kind of the way that mark feels about terrifier where it's just a lot of gore a lot of creative ways to kill people um you, you don't get much of a story there's no real story i mean the story basically revolves around the 30th anniversary of toulon's crimes and they're at a museum uh the toulon museum where they're going to have uh they basically invited a bunch of different people that own his puppets um at this point his puppets have become a collector's item and you know people seek them out so it's almost like a reunion where they bring all these people with the toulon puppets together and of course on the day of the 30th anniversary toulon's body kind of you know in his tomb starts to move which of course gives life to the puppets and then the movie just kind of goes on from there from there it's just a gore fest it's just an absolute gore fest different ways to kill people uh i'll give them credit for not shying away from killing a child because they destroyed a child in that movie so i'll give them credit for that (laughs) um not to say i don't like kids by any stretch of the imagination but oh no Killing kids on film is one of those taboos that I never really understood in, in our genre. You know, I can understand killing animals or excessive rape and things like that. But killing kids, it's like, yeah, they're just little adults, whatever. 
<laughs> so <laughs> so that's uh, the Puppet Master Littlest Reich. I still gave it a moderately decent score of 6.5 out of 10, but I just don't feel that it deserves all the accolades that it's getting in the community right now. Still a good movie, still definitely worth watching. Um, it's out on VOD and... Um, Oh, I don't think it's on media on uh, Blu-ray or anything quite yet, but you can rent it on VOD right now. You can also see it in theaters in New York, L.A., and Chicago. And um, then the last thing I saw, which I'm sure Mark is going to not be happy that I'm bringing this up, but I don't care. Um, (laughs) And that is, and I say this with a little bit of of a tear in my eye, uh, that is The Last Sharknado. Yes, the last Sharknado movie aired this past Sunday on Sci-Fi. They ended the franchise. Uh, they ended it in glorious fashion. Um, but but just, more importantly, Jerry, did you see Megalodon no, on the Sci-Fi God, channel? No. <laughs> yeah, Way too many people telling me that was garbage. No, yeah, no, no need bad. to see it. <laughs> no, just... but like I said, if you're a fan, if you're a fan of Sharknado, it's just more Sharknado. I mean, there's they definitely pull out all the stops. I mean, there's time traveling. There's Ben Franklin. There's George Washington. Um, you know, you've got you get cowboys. Uh, Billy the Kid is in it. Um, I was actually disappointed. We got no Hitler. I wanted to, I wanted to see a T Rex kill Hitler, but nope, didn't happen. <laughs> we got no Hitler. That's the first time anyone's ever uttered the sentence. Well, I was only disappointed because you know, we got no Hitler. Only because you know he's going to get chopped in half by some random flying shark, just like every other character yeah. in the movie. So there's but, always um, little Nicky with him getting a pineapple shoved up his butt, so you can always resort to that. Oh, God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, once again, nothing too special. It's it's not the best Sharknado movie. It's definitely not the worst Sharknado movie. I am an apologist for Sharknado. I understand these are not good films. I'm not – I will never claim that Sharknado – is a quote-unquote quality film that should be watched by the masses. No, these movies should be watched by the homeless and drug addicts and people with warped sense of humors like me and just just absolutely love these films. And I am a little sad that it's the last one because I honestly thought... I mean, considering the budget of these movies is like next to nothing, it seems like the casting of all the cameos probably is more expensive than the effects, especially when you actually, you know, watch the effects. They're pretty laughable most times. Anyway, my point is, is I thought this franchise was going to keep going for a long time. I was expecting to get a Sharknado movie every two years for the rest of my life, but nope, they put the kibosh on that. they're, They're pulling the whole American Idol. (laughs) <laughs> going away last time ever and then like a year and a half later guess what's back hey, you know what? i'll welcome it if it happens you'd love it i guess i would but yeah like i said i mean sharknado is just a guilty pleasure of mine it's not something that i would ever recommend to a serious horror movie fan um but like i said lots of blood cg blood yes but still lots of blood lots of kills lots of chopped up people lots of chopped chopped up sharks so you know if 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 those things sound like a good time go ahead and check out the last sharknado it should be airing on the sci-fi channel and the sci-fi app for the foreseeable future until they do a physical release of it which is usually about a month or two down the line Mm, mm, mm. all right well 
I, I, I more power to you. If you enjoy those movies, uh, Don and Ellie, I'm talking to you. If you love those movies, man, if that's your guilty pleasure, man, watch them, love them. You know that that's awesome. You know that it, it's, they're just meant to be fun and um, and goofy and not taken seriously. And uh, I, you know, if I was together with a bunch of, of people, you know, at a party or something, and that was on, we'd probably laugh at it. It's just not something I would seek out. But there's nothing nothing wrong with it. Uh, also, um, I did see a Lava Lantula before. Did you ever see that one? Yes, with, I've seen with, both of them. Yes, yeah, star, two. <laughs> star, starring Steve Gutenberg. Was he in the second one? Uh, he was only in the second one for like one scene at the end of the movie. Yeah, see, he, uh, you know, he he he, he priced himself out. Stephen Gutenberg, <laughs> you know, he couldn't be in the sequel. But all right, well, that's a lot of movies we've seen. So check some of those out if you haven't seen them. Let us know what you think on Facebook. Uh, when we get back, we are going to be talking about our first feature review, and that is 1973's The Legend of Hell House. Hey, love horror movies. Handpicked by experts, psychos, demons, ghosts, the occult, zombies, killer kids, black magic, vampires, Shudder kills, Netflix on selection, screams on demand, Shudder.com. Okay, we are back. The first feature review tonight is a movie that was released on June 15th, 1973, just five, six months before The Exorcist. And it is The Legend of Hell House. Rated PG. That's right. One hour and 35 minutes. What? Yes. Uh, If we're looking on IMDb, 10,526 reviews and a 6.8 out of 10 average. Uh, This was directed by John, I guess it's Hugh or is that Huff? I don't know how you say it. It's I believe H- it's Huff. Yeah, yeah, it might be H O U G H, but Huff maybe. Uh, written by Richard Matheson, which we will talk about him in a little bit. Stars Roddy McDowell. He's probably the biggest star in this movie. Um, Fright Night thing. Yes, Fright Night, absolutely. Pamela Franklin is in this. Uh, Clive Revel, Gail Honeycutt, and and there's. Two bit parts at the beginning for two other actors, but really it's four people in this movie. Um, let's let's talk about uh, what this movie is about. There is a a guy who is old; he's dying, and he kind of wants to know what's on the other side. Can can somebody please prove, uh, you know, the survival after death, life after death? So he at the beginning he brings in Lionel Barrett, who is I guess he's a physicist. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yes. And he's like a professor at near something, but um, he and his wife, and he is going to pay him and three others to go into this house. 100,000 pounds. Yes, 100,000 pounds, which I'm not sure what that translates to. Yeah, it's definitely not $100,000, but um, if they would go in to the Belasco house, which is the Mount Everest of haunted houses, and, uh, you know, bring him the facts is there life after death is there not and then they would get paid um along with uh the physicist uh, lionel barrett and his wife there's two mediums there's a there's a this i'd never heard this before there was a mental medium uh-huh. who was played by the the uh the lovely uh, pamela franklin 
who we'll talk about here in a minute. And then there is a physical medium who is played by Roddy McDowell. Uh, and we'll talk about the difference between those two types of mediums in a second. So, and that's what happens. They're going in to investigate and they have to be there, I believe, four, four or five days. And uh, craziness ensues. Haunted house stuff ensues. So let's take a listen to the trailer. When we get back, we'll talk a little bit about it. to make this house so evil murder vampirism cannibalism drug addiction alcoholism sadism mutilation how did it end if it had ended we would not be here waiting in there to take over the house tried to kill me it almost succeeded i don't accept this i do not accept this First things first, guys, I want to talk a little bit about the writer of this. Has anybody read the book Hell House? No, sir. No, I haven't read that one. Oh, see, Van, I was counting on you. I've read other of Mathis. Yeah, I've read I Am Legend and short stories and stuff. But Well, I mean, Richard Matheson, this is a guy that is, I mean, he's pretty much a legend. Oh, yeah. Uh, He he was very um, influential on Stephen King. Uh, by King's admission. Uh, he's a writer of, of novels, screenplays, short stories. He got his start, really, uh, with Rod Sterling in The Twilight Zone. Uh, was where he really kind of came to, you know, to, to uh, prominence. What are some of, the, some of the best Twilight Zones, if you look, the writer was Richard Matheson. Nightmare at 20,000 feet. Yes, yep. which is arguably the most famous uh, Twilight Zone. He did do uh, some writing in the fifties, though, too. Yeah, like but it, the I Shrinking mean, Man and stuff. They made a movie about that one back in the fifties. Yeah, so yeah. Um, so Richard Matheson did that. He did uh, I Am Legend, which has been what that's been made into at least three different movies. 
Yeah, at least three. Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price. Omega Omega Man. Man. Omega Man starring. Is it Charlton Heston? Yes, sir. Yeah, which is a little goofy, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and then and then Will Smith's I Am Legend, which, which is I, very goofy. Which I just yeah. found out recently. It was supposed to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. He secured the rights on it for a really long time till he let Will Smith do it. <laughs> he was too busy being the governor. To, That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I did not know that he wrote Stir of Echoes. Mm-hmm. Did you? I didn't know that. Uh, and he also wrote the. Um, the first big movie for Steve, um, Steven Spielberg, Duel, which was a made-for-TV uh, horror movie about this guy being chased by this guy in a, in a semi-truck. And I, we've all seen Duel, right? I mean, it's, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I Great had movie. no idea that Richard Matheson wrote that. So, yeah, this is something that, you know, honestly, and he even has said this in interviews. He, he's passed away now, but... He wrote this as almost like a tribute or his kind of uh, hand trying at uh, at um, Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House, which basically was made into 1963's The Haunting, right? Yes. Uh, which is basically probably consensus one of the best haunted house movies of of all time. Okay? Uh, it, it's a great movie. So this is kind of his you know, dipping his toe into that. Uh, so a lot of people will say that this is just a ripoff. Do you guys think it's a ripoff? No, I, I'd call it a tribute. No, so not a ripoff at all. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then, uh, John, John Huff, we're going to say Huff, the director. He, uh, this is kind of a crazy career to me. He, he did a, a movie called twins of evil. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that? I, I believe it's a hammer movie. Yeah, it was part of their uh, Karnstein trilogy, like lesbian vampires. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that, and I'm like, man, I need to see that immediately. Uh, and then after that, he started doing like Disney movies. Yeah. If if you know the um, the Witch Mountain movies, uh, Escape from Witch Mountain and Return to Witch Mountain, I watched those so many times as a kid. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> he, he did he did those, and he did The Watcher in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and which is a very creepy, um, you know, I would say starter horror movie. Uh, so he had some, he had some, you know, pedigree. Uh, t- of course, those came after this, but I heard that he didn't really want to make a horror movie. Did you guys hear that? That he that he wanted to more along along the lines of um, get this movie out there that kind of attacked or, or um, had, had to deal with the spiritualism or the, the spiritual aspect. And he didn't want the typical, you know, jump scare, like, you know, haunted house type stuff. Uh, and, and so a lot of things that was, were in uh, Matheson's screenplay that he had adapted from his novel, uh, he, he kind of left out. So I think it, you know, makes a big difference. I think Matheson left out a lot of stuff too, because Matheson wrote the screenplay. Well, the screenplay, right? I mean, you, I've heard again. I haven't read, but the novel yeah. is, is is even more, you know, it's got more sexuality to it and everything sexuality. else. Sexuality. Well, you can tell this yeah. movie there is already sexuality in it, you know, especially for nineteen seventy-three. Uh, yeah, yeah, but they could have gone much further with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guarantee, if they ever remade this, it would they would go bananas with the sex. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, but 
you know, I think I think that he he wanted to focus on that, you know, the spiritualism part, that that spiritual versus science part, because the 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 main guy, uh, Clive Revel, what's his name again? I keep forgetting their names. Uh, he's uh, Doctor Barrett. Barrett. Barrett Doctor Barrett. Barrett. Yeah. Has no belief at all, right? He does not believe. He's he's agnostic. Probably he does not believe. In life after death, he doesn't believe that this house is haunted. He just believes in energy, right? So it's kind of like leftover energy from the people that have been in the house yeah, or whatever. Like and, they're and, manifesting things with yes. their energy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the whole thing. He's there to to, to disbunk it, and, and the mediums, of course, believe that there there are spirits. Um, so it, it's really that kind of whole story. The, the the classic spiritual versus science. So, uh, do you know this thing was rated X in in the UK? What? Uh, is, yes, it, it's. Um, I mean, rated X back then was probably equivalent to like NC seventeen now. Uh, but seriously, I mean, it did have some a uh, little bit of blood. It did have uh, some some curse words, and of course, the some sexual themes. There, there is a ghost rape. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was consensual. Yes, it was. It was. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I think that's crazy that it was rated PG in the United States and rated X in, in the UK. But, yeah. So what are what are some things? Vin, what are, what are some things about this movie that you like? Well, I mean, I... It, houses and ghost stories are always kind of my, uh, my gateway into horror. Um, yeah, I used to love writing, you know, reading ghost stories and um hearing ghost stories and everything else and then so being able to see them on television was amazing to me when i was growing up um and i always loved you know i mean it kind of got slid if i was shirley jackson um with the haunting a hill house just this kind of this group of investigators going into a haunted house you know and being there uh and things manifesting themselves that that to me is just like it feels like comfort food to me you know, I, I just love it. And I think I don't think you can talk about The Haunting of Hell House without comparing it to The Haunting. Yeah. Because there are so many similarities, and it's, like I said, I kind of see it as a tribute. It's kind of asking to be compared. Mm-hmm. You know? So, where you look at The Haunting in 1963, that's really kind of a... That's a masterful exercise in restraint. You know, this was all about, you know, what you didn't see. Um, and it like got into the psychology of Eleanor, and it kind of left us with this ambiguous ending. And whereas what Matheson does, you know, with Legend of Hell House, ten years later, uh, when this film comes out, um, you've had so much change cinematically, politically, socially. You know, social mores were completely different, changed by the counterculture. You had the conflict in Vietnam, the sexual revolution. So you kind of have the same scenario, but it's completely updated with sexual angst and you know debauchery and all of these different at least talking about it if you, even if you don't see it um you know and matheson was inspired to write this based on that and stephen king was inspired by the same thing to write the miniseries rose red um and they're all very clear on this this was i mean shirley jackson's book you can't you can't underestimate just how influential that's been to our genre um so i mean you know this there are elements of the script that feel very underdone at times. Um, but I think that it's most interesting when we compare it to the haunting, you know, like one of the things that sticks out to me is when you look at, um, in the haunting, you get Eleanor and Theo and Theo is, she's a lesbian. They don't come out and say it, but they imply it. 
and you have you know her and Eleanor kind of laying next to each other, and you're not quite sure what Theo's thinking. And then there's a little scene where Eleanor thinks that she's holding Theo's hand, you know. But that's completely tame. What Matheson does is he has a woman have sex with a ghost in her bed. You know, this is like just taking it to the nth degree. Just, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, there was a little bit of a little bit of here and there, a little bit of nodding, winking and nodding in that one. We're just going to go straight for it. You know, and whereas the the kind of homosexuality of Theo was completely taboo, um, it's still taboo here, but it's much more explicit when you have Mrs. Barrett basically like, you know, her repressed desires are coming out. She has that whole thing seething and she's like, you know, you, me, the girl. You know, you know yeah. Dr. Barrett, you know, naked, biting, you know, she goes all the thing. But she throws the girl right. in that mix, too, you know? Yeah, so yeah. it's, I just think it's really interesting. when Whenever you see kind of the way um, The Haunting did something, this one tries to up the ante. Yeah. And I think that in the book, what I, what I had read was that uh, Dr. Um, Barrett was an inattentive husband, was always working. So these are things that... And Barrett, you know, was repressing, mm-hmm. you know, so they don't really get into that very much. But in this, uh, the house is exploiting their weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's got these repressed sexual desires, and it leads her to almost cheat. You know, we've come very close to it. Dr. Barrett, you already talked about his skepticism, and that leads him to suspicions and mistrust. You know, he doesn't he doesn't really trust anybody. Miss um, Tanner, the, uh, yeah, the other medium, um, she is so overconfident in her abilities um, and in spiritualism and everything else, that she does not see that she's being tricked. Yeah. And then you got Ben who just kind of shuts himself off from everything. You don't quite know if he's actually manifesting things or not. Um, so yeah, I was wondering what he was doing. I was like, he's not helping or doing anything. I'm like, and, and it comes later on that he he's purposely just shutting himself down. Right, because he's a yeah. character who had been there like 15 years before or something like that when he was younger. Yeah. Now, um, I do like uh, it's very subtle. Like you know, when the girls come into the house, they've got their hair up. Did you mm-hmm. notice that? And then yeah. like, after a day, their hair's all down and a little more relaxed and a little more you know. Well, sexy. Did, did you look at Doctor Barrett's room? The room that he was in. Every uh, single I'm, wall had paintings of nude women hanging on it. Oh, did it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every, every single wall. Every single wall. Whenever, whenever Dr. Barrett and Anne are in the room, that's all you see in the paintings. There are nothing but nude women in paintings. Well, I mean, think about... One of the things I have with this movie is they, they say a lot of stuff, but it, it, didn't, it didn't go far enough. But again, it's 1973, so... But, you know, when, when uh, Ben is in the room and he's telling them what what um this guy's problem was drug addiction alcoholism bestiality mutilation yeah necrophilia cannibalism uh, i mean i didn't see any of that i mean i think uh, that's one of the weaknesses of the uh, script Kathleen. especially the ending is that yeah, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to jump to the ending exactly, but yeah, you know, we'll it there. definitely leaves you underwhelmed, and I don't think that it, the buildup is done properly. I feel like the, the first two acts are really strong, and that third act kind of peters. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that because I think it is definitely a weakness. Cost cost this movie some points in my book, but I mean, as far as the cast goes, I mean. This is about as good as you can get for just four people, you know, carrying the whole movie. I thought I thought everybody did a, 
a fantastic job uh, of this cast. Uh, Pamela Franklin, I know a lot of people will know her from um, uh, The Innocents. She was the little girl. She's 11 years old, yep. then. Yeah. Yes, in The Innocents. That's a great haunted house movie. And what's interesting in this film is whenever she's on screen, or not every time, but a lot of times when things are manifesting, you see the color red. Yes. Like there's a red light when she's sitting for like a reading or, you know, her, her bed sheets have red. Um, she, it's kind of an interesting color association that they have with her. Yeah. I think that, um, I've got a problem though with both of these ladies are, are pretty. What's up with the daggone English teeth? The daggone <laughs> British teeth. Gail I don't think it's British. Down, I, think, I think Gail Hunnicutt is mostly American, Hunnicutt, actually. But I think it's because they're all smokers. Yeah, yeah. She's de- she's from Texas. But, you know, when she's down there and she's, like, trying to come on, and then all of a sudden she's got this big, like, all of her teeth are showing. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> Gingivitis. But, um, yeah, so I, I guess that was before uh, all the actresses and actors bleach their teeth yeah uh, and but it just wasn't that attractive but um i'm not sure what gail honeycutt had, had been in not not a, not a whole lot of uh of horror no uh, yeah yeah and then uh did you know that um the doctor he uh dr lionel barrett uh clive revel he was the voice of the emperor in the empire strikes back hmm. so yes. uh, yeah yeah and also cool. Kickback from Transformers movie. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and of course, the most famous would be Roddy McDowell. You know, he got his start as a as a kid actor back in the forties, and then he's been in all kinds of stuff. Planet probably of the Apes. Best known, yeah, probably yeah. best known for Planet of the Apes, and uh, known in the in the genre as uh, you know Doctor uh, Peter Vincent in the in the Fright Night movie. He, he's he's so. just so he's so easy to watch. Yeah, he's a good you actor. Know? Yeah, he is. He is. If he's on screen, I, I always, you know, I'm always interested to see what he's going to do. Yep. And he was in a Twilight Zone that Richard Matheson uh, directed. You remember, um, uh, people are the same all over, where he's a uh, he's a um, astronaut and he lands on this planet and all the all the pe- all the aliens look like people. And they usher him into, hey, welcome, welcome. They usher him into this place that looks exactly like his house at home. And they say, we'll be back later. And they lock him in, and, and he's in a zoo. <laughs> like, he's in a, he, yeah, he's, there's bars, and people are looking at him. You know, I just think that was kind of cool. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you think, uh, Mr. Venom? What, what do you think about the uh, the movie? Some good, some good things. Um, this movie is part of my holy trinity of haunted house movies. Uh, the other two would be um, The Haunting and The Changeling. Uh, all three of those movies are movies that, as Vin already mentioned, uh, just absolute comfort food. I can pop that in at any time and genuinely enjoy all of them. Um, I, I just love how... I, I love the setting. I love the Belasco house here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's underutilized, admittedly. Um, they only really use, like, the chapel, uh, the main room there that the machine was in, a couple of the bedrooms. I would have liked to have seen them kind of uh, expand the, the the setting a little bit yeah. just to go into deeper parts of the house. Because, it is. I mean, from, from the outside, it looks gigantic. Yet they don't only forget, utilize... Don't forget the dining room. Yes, yes, of course, the dining room. <laughs> <clears throat> but, you know, like I said, I, I feel like 
Uh, kind of like the same thing with this year's Winchester. They kind of didn't utilize the setting as well as they could have. Now, Just admittedly, yeah, this movie still utilized it better than Winchester. I'll, I'll give it that. But um, yeah, absolutely love the setting. I love the minimalist score. Um, I, I absolutely love how the score is really just, you know, some overtones kind of playing over silence or, you know, some wind sound effects, things like that. Yeah. I don't usually like minimalist scores. Uh, being a musician and actually having gotten to work on a couple of movies uh, back in the 90s when I did post-production audio, um, I, I'm actually a fan of like big orchestral soundtracks when they work, when they're done properly and when they work. And, but this one with, you know, like I said, with its minimalist score, I, I, I feel like it worked. It works for me. You know, and, and like you said, it's such a small cast that the, the small soundtrack kind of makes sense. Um, completely love that dinner scene. Uh, mm-hmm. Roddy McDowell is chewing the scenery like an absolute master. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved his backstory of the house and his experience in the house. Um, I, you know, obviously when uh, Florence kind of, you know, manifests um, the anger of the Belasco spirit and all the glasses and dishes start breaking. Totally love it. Now, obviously, a lot of stuff like that today would be cliche and kind of pedantic, like, you know, nothing original by any stretch. But in 1973, yeah. it was still very original. I mean, we're 10 years past the haunting, but the haunting was even more subtle than this movie. I mean, with this movie, we actually get on screen death. We actually get a little bit of blood. Um, you know, uh, we actually get maybe not necessarily a ghost per se, but we actually, you know, we do get to see his body, you know, uh, one body hanging in the prison cell and then whatever that was at the end of the movie. I'm still on the fence on whether that was a preserved body of Belasco or if that was just like a statue representation of him. But either way, it completely worked for me. I love the little twist of the back room being lined with with, with lead. Uh, lead. lead. Yeah. So that the so that the doctor's machine couldn't take effect back there. Um, I'm completely on board with Vin that the ending does this movie a disservice. Um, basically, this house is being haunted because some guy was short. That, yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. I mean, if you break mm-hmm. it down to its most you know minimal sense, that's it. It's yeah. this guy had a a height complex and just hated himself for it. So I'm gonna kill everybody that comes into my house. Eh, yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. not the strongest story by any stretch. I'll give you that. But, you know, especially on first uh, re- on first watch, it was very effective for me. I didn't I don't believe I saw this in the 70s. I would have seen this probably mid 80s probably would have been the first time. 85, 86, somewhere in that range probably would have been right when I started like really diving headlong into horror films. And when I and in the mid 80s, too, is when I started to actually seek out stuff from before I was born um, just, you know, to appreciate the classics and everything. And this, in my opinion, this is an absolute haunted house classic. I already said earlier, it's part of my Holy Trinity. And I stick to that statement. Those three movies are by far my absolute haunted house, uh, my favorite haunted house films. Which um, ones were they again? It was the haunting, this one and the, the changeling, the change. Yeah. I was, I was going to say changeling better be in there, bub. Oh yeah. The changeling is probably from an artistic standpoint. The, the changeling is probably my favorite yeah. from an, from an effect 
effectiveness standpoint, I'm going to go with the haunting just because of how subtle it was. I mean, they, they, they terrified us and showed us absolutely nothing. And then this yep. one, just because, you know, it reeks of English horror, gothic, you know, English gothic horror. Uh, I totally love it. Um, big fan of the bright orange 70s blood <laughs> that they were using. Yes. It, granted, not as bad in this one. The blood no. still looked a little bit more realistic. But yeah, I, I'm a fan of that, you know, bright orange 70s blood and uh, a lot of like UK horror and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I just can't say enough good things about this. Um uh, like I said, the the ending might be a dislike, and you know, maybe a little bit of over the top acting from um, Florence, um, yeah. just just ever so slightly. I mean, for the most part, she was effective for me, but there were there were times, especially after she was possessed by Belasco, where you know it, it, it's a little too much. And you had mentioned the scene where you know she smiles bright and all her teeth that's right after the rape and it just was an odd yeah, that, thing yeah to that witness. was creepy yeah because she her she's face down on the bed and they come in and she turns and she just gives him a nice smile i was like that's creepy a little bit uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah hey uh what about you captain creepy what did you think about uh what 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 are some things that you liked about the movie well, I, I totally agree with uh, Mr. Venn and Mr. Venom's uh, sentiments on this movie. Uh, and and Jerry reminded me, too, of the, the score of this movie, even though it's minimal. Um, it, it just brought me to thinking that it was even kind of what people were doing now, like with the Stranger Things theme song, had that electronic feel going on to it, which... For 1973, I thought that was pretty innovative. Um, I like some of the practical effects of this movie. Uh, some were cheesy, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. But uh, uh, as far as what I did like was uh, the the comforter scene where it gets ripped off of the bed. Yeah, that was I, cool. I, Something I, moving I thought, underneath. Yeah, yeah. For 1973, and and what they had, you know, what they had, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, again, I agree with uh, what they were saying about how great of a storyline this is up until the very end. Uh, there's another thing that was annoying that I'm we'll talk about later too, and I wrote it down, so I'm waiting to see if somebody's going to mention it or not. But uh, I thought the acting was great. Uh, I thought the atmosphere of the movie was great. And this was a first-time watch for me, so uh, it's something I'll probably go back and revisit again. Yeah, I I, I really liked the the settings. Uh, this was the outs the exteriors were filmed um, in in Sussex, England, right? I mean, what was the what was it called? What's the the house called? I forget the why 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 something house. I'm gonna look it up right now because everyone needs to know. Was it the actual name of the house uh, in the movie or in real life? Yeah, no, in real in real life. Okay, um, it's really only at the beginning and the end and in any of the um, yeah, Wykehurst Park House in East Sussex. You know that 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 uh, I was looking it up and it, it has over a hundred and twenty rooms in it. So yeah, they definitely didn't. Uh, you know, it, it was it's a castle basically, and but everything on the interior was, was shot. Uh, in a studio, Elstree Studios. And I think that what they did with those sets, that was, I mean, that stuff was really, really detailed. I mean, it, it, I, I would have believed it was inside of a, a big castle. I mean, it just really, a lot of the detail, the woodworking. Uh, uh, one thing is, th- this house is like empty, it, it's too clean. 
number one. It's too clean uh, after being empty for how, however many years. There'd be cobwebs everywhere. You wouldn't you wouldn't be able to get into a bedroom and and sleep in a bed. It would be all dusty and but. Maybe they had a cleaning crew come in first. I don't know. I would imagine they had somebody come in because some of the rooms, especially the chapel, was very covered in cobwebs. You know, um, yeah. both actresses kind of ran into large spider webs. And then uh, when they're in the living room and uh, one of them touches the piano, the piano is also covered with cobwebs. So it, it seems like they probably sent a small crew in just to clean up, like maybe the common areas and the bedroom. Because, I mean, that guy is. I, we can assume he's probably a billionaire of some kind. So yeah. I would I would imagine he sent a crew in there to clean up for for the 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 investigators. Well, it would have been nice for them to let us know that. Uh, <laughs> I liked the the lighting in this movie was not. I think it was one of those th- that it was it was just dark enough, but not too dark. Some sometimes haunted house movies can be real real dark, and you don't see what what's happening. Um, and I, I my favorite scene in the movie is the dining room scene. Uh, that was that was awesome with the with the table shaking. Yeah, and and, and even though you don't get uh, to see it, you do get to see it for about two or three seconds. You get to see it full on, like the, the, even the bottom. And, and yeah, I, I was looking they, for that, like for the wires and all that. Yeah. I like how mm-hmm. they showed that shot because uh, I didn't see any wires, so they they concealed it pretty good. Yeah, I was wondering how how they did that, um, but that that looked good. Um, the the whole that whole scene where things were being thrown at the doctor and he and he gets his chair pulled over and, and uh, they they say that you can see a wire pulling him back. I, I didn't see it, but um, maybe yeah, I, I didn't notice it. Yeah, <laughs> but and I, and I really think it's I always think it's creepy when uh, you know somebody speaks in somebody else's voice. Uh, and, and I think that I think that Daniel again quotes here Daniel uh, speaking through Pamela uh, Franklin um, what was her name mm-hmm. again what was Florence it? Florence Florence yeah. I thought that was creepy and he had quite a potty mouth and <laughs> <laughs> just some some uh, some f- actually borderline funny lines aimed at um, you know both the doctor and and Ben. Uh, but here's here's what I was thinking. You know, I didn't realize what the difference between a physical medium and a mental medium was. Had you guys ever heard of that before? I had heard the terms, but I wasn't quite familiar with with what separated them. Yeah, I ha- I had to go look it up because I was like, I'm, I don't even understand what's going on here. A, a mental medium is someone who you know can sense things and can. Um, you know, tell you or see ghosts or see certain things, but they're your only um, way you know that they are telling you some, is telling the truth is because they're telling you to. But the I don't even know if I'm explaining this right. The the physical medium everybody can see it physically manifest, whether it would be like through somebody uh, possessing the body, which is why when the uh, the ghost possessed uh, Florence she was very surprised at that because that's not the kind of medium mm-hmm. she was she was just somebody that could come in sense things see see things and tell you about it but no one else could prove that you know 
Um, similarly, the other scene that I like with her, that I liked how it was done, was the ectoplasm scene. Yeah, and it's was, coming out of her was, fingertips, yeah. and the strands are going. It reminds you of like you ever see like the old spiritualist, you know, photos from the 19th century. It kind of really reminds you of that. It was. It, I thought that was actually really well done. I thought it held up pretty well. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, and I absolutely did. I thought that was really good special effect uh, for for that time. And, and the one thing that bothered me. Let's get into some dislikes. Woohoo! Uh, well, I got oh, actually, actually, <laughs> I got another actually, like that before. <laughs> so do I. The record player, the record player <laughs> with the with the message for them <laughs> that automatically came on. That was kind of cool too. All right, well, Vin, what's your other? Uh, I just want to talk about the the kind of the cinematography. Um, yeah. You know, the, this it really employs these kind of like on disorientating angles. You know, the way that it frames people, it kind of does these big close ups. The famous 70s zoom-in effects. Yeah, it, it, there was some of that, but then is it called deep focus, where you can see where what's in the foreground is in focus and in the background? Yeah. They play so. with a lot of these things. There's a lot of off-center framing, where people aren't in the middle of the screen, they're constantly on the sides. You know, and the other thing that um, I noticed where when they're inside the house, there's so many scenes, when a character is introduced into a scene or into a room, it's usually on a reflective surface. Like, it's on, like, a teapot. You'll see them enter the room in the reflection. Or there could be, like, a, you know, the reflection is stained glass. You see them enter the room that way. So it kind of, it gave this impression that they were kind of, at least for me, it kind of gave the impression that they were, they were kind of a part of this house. You know, that the house is kind of in control of things. All the objects are. And, you know, I know that, I think, Jerry, you had said that this house, um, you didn't feel it. Kind of like, uh, kind of like the Winchester house, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I think that... I, I did kind of feel this one a little bit, especially with the kind of the camera motions and stuff like that. When when they did things like that with like the reflective surfaces and stuff, it did feel like the the house is kind of gaining its own personality. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I can see that. I think the problem is is that personality was tied to uh, Emmerich Belasco, and right. every it was time before we knew that though, yeah. <laughs> well, they mentioned him early. They they mentioned that he was the owner of the house, and then they mentioned Daniel and blah blah blah, but. I don't know. It just um, maybe. Yeah, you, you might be right. Maybe it's just I haven't seen this for the first time in over 30 years. So I might be uh, just taking for granted, you know, the information that I knew at the beginning. But yeah, just every time something like that happened in the house. Yes, I agree with you that it felt like the house was alive, a character in and of itself. But because we had already been introduced to Belasco. It just made me feel more like, oh, it's just him doing this or his son or whoever. So, you know, I agree with you and I don't agree with you. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. Anybody else with any good? I mean, it's, it's definitely a well-made movie. The cinematography is great. You know, the script writing is good, except for the end. And, and the acting is great. And the score. Yeah. But let, let's talk about what what are some things that maybe held this movie back from being, you know, as, as good as it can, it could have been. And, and, and I've got a couple of things I, I really feel like, and I know that it was a specific choice of the director to not show what people are seeing. You understand what I'm saying? Like when, when certain yeah. people are seeing things that are horrific, we're seeing the shot of their face. Yeah, Florence had a lot of reaction shots. Yeah, and and all I'm saying is things could have been a little bit, you know, creepier had, had you 
shown something like uh, you know let's say the the whole um sex with the ghost scene all you see is her face and at the end of it she obviously sees something that terrifies her mm-hmm. you know it's probably you know an apparition on top of, i don't know what it is well i think she thought she was having sex with the spirit of daniel and i think yeah. when she opened her eyes she saw emmerich and that freaked yeah. her out okay so let's see that you know <laughs> let, let's see that i mean let's see the face or or it could have been you well, know just to kind of give your argument a little bit of weight without you know I, that scene honestly doesn't bother me um but you know you're talking like this is five years after rosemary's baby which has exactly. a very similar yes. scene, and you see it, yeah. it's highly effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. I said they could have done a Rosemary's Baby type of shot, and maybe maybe because of Rosemary, Rosemary's Baby, they didn't, because they thought it would be like too much of a, a similar thing. But uh, not only that, though, there was a um, scene where she finds Daniel's bones, mm-hmm. and when she looks into the hole or whatever... You see her face. We don't say. Well, we do see, uh, you know, two minutes later, the bones. But, um, you know, so there was that. There was there was a few things. Well, even related feel. to that, like when you find a body, don't you call the police? Mm-hmm. Like this is like a cold case file, and they're just like, ah, oh, we're just gonna bury it. Yeah. You know, like they're not trapped in this house. Like the guy gets stuff delivered the next day. Like he gets the equipment delivered. Like they, you know, it, it, they're not they're not without communication with people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm just surprised mm-hmm. they're like, oh, let's just gather these bones and bury them, and hopefully that'll be it. I'm like, this is highly illegal. <laughs> yeah. Now, saying going with the uh, the delivery here of the machine. That is the stupidest looking machine <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. Looks like something that belongs in the lab from Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Yes. Or or, or the sixties Batman cave. What's even worse is when it explodes and it's like it just splatters in his face, but then the next scene he's on the floor with all the pieces around him. I I didn't get that. Well then he was in the chapel at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. In the chapel, other places, Daggone this ghost loves to kill by chandelier. Yeah. (laughs) Falling on falling on people. He likes yeah. falling on chandeliers. Objects, yes. I'm like, okay, just don't stand under a chandelier. You'll or be a crucifix. Okay. Or a crucifix. Yeah, yeah. Big big statue of Jesus. Yeah. But you know, and I and I know Yeah, the, the deaths are underwhelmed. This. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, I mean the cat death was kind of cool. Oh um, boo. That, that made me laugh. <laughs> but it was it was kind of cool though, like as the shadow, it was effective. You see the yeah. you see the shadow of whatever sure. that was, you know. That was kind of cool, um, but yeah. What did you th- what did you think about the cat attack scene? <laughs> it's I've a seen worse. Cat, man. <laughs> it could have been worse. Yeah, uh, I'm been. saying I, I've I've seen worse cat attacks in films. Um, oh yeah, I thought that they, they edited this one fairly well to make it not look completely ridiculous because I've seen others where it's like, ooh, that doesn't hold up. Like this- I even like I love a. Uh, I love Let the Right One In. I think it's a terrific movie. That cat scene just doesn't look that good when it's attacking um, to me. But this one, I'm like, okay, th- this could have been a lot worse. This was okay. It's true. It's like she was she was uh, tossing around uh, the, the cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I thought that uh, that could have been a little bit better. We've got to go back to the ending. Yeah, because that's I think that's what all four of us are 
are saying really holds this back. I think the ending felt rushed. Uh, I felt like the the motivation for for the ghost or for the guy to do what he does. I, okay, I understand in life that the guy had a had a Napoleon complex or whatever, um, and so he wanted to because because he was saying like everyone that came through they either died or they were paralyzed he, he like attacked their legs mm-hmm. you know and i'm just kind of thinking is that really is that really proper motivation for what's going on here uh i, I'm, I wasn't well, sure even then then you know to make that that kind of leap of logic where it's just like oh he must have been short mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and yeah, i'm gonna yell that at him and out. that's gonna defeat him he, he figures it out within 30 seconds, and he's yeah, like giving this. Yelled. I mean, Ronnie McDowell does a great job in that scene, but yeah. when you think about what's actually going on in that scene, you're just kind of like, this is really ridiculous. Um, yeah. And the other problem is that Ben, you know, he could have been a more compelling character, but the fact that he, as a character, we understand he's shutting himself off mm-hmm. from the house so it doesn't affect him, but that also delays us from getting to know him at all. Yeah. So he's yes. kind of supposed to be our main protagonist, but maybe, you know, maybe towards the end we start you know, seeing kind of who he is, but not a lot. Yeah. You know, we, we should have actually gotten to know him a lot better. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Yes. I'll agree with that. Yeah. But he just, he just figured it out way too easily and, and just gave the expedition exposition dump there at the, you know, Oh, I know you were short. Were you five, two? Yeah. You weren't even five foot. Yeah. You know, that, that's sort of, and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Sick burn. Don't you think? Don't you <laughs> think? Oh yeah. But w- wouldn't that like anger the ghost? And like I know he threw him back, you know, a couple yeah. times, mm-hmm. and then all the of a sudden, the last was just he, like that. Did I give up? You, you figured yeah. it out. Yeah. I'm not sure <laughs> what that is. I mean, there should have been some sort of climactic event or something. I don't know. Like maybe they had to destroy the body like the body that was sitting there mm-hmm. was a conduit or so i don't know but but something could have been done to and, and i'm not sure if that's what the uh the book it does I, I'm, I'm hoping the book is a little more detailed uh usually they are but mm-hmm. i plan on reading it at some point but have yeah. yeah so yeah 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 um yeah so so the ending i think for everybody was was yeah. the main problem yeah <laughs> and and the fact that that yelling at the ghost is what I think it's know. it's what makes it's what keeps it from being like a real classic, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's kind of a second tier um, yeah. because of that. I think. Yeah, I mean, this is the same year that Exorcist came out, so yeah. we know that. <laughs> you know, we we know this can be a very good year for uh, for horror films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anything else that's? Uh, <clears throat> I got a beef. What kind of jerk billionaire? sends a bunch of investigators to do a one-week investigation during the week of Christmas. Absolutely. <laughs> what a jerk. That's they a said they were going to pick Christmas him up on Eve. Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a heck of a Christmas Eve right there. Oh, yeah. And anybody, and the, the, two, the couple of people who survived probably just had the worst Christmases ever after that. Well, <laughs> the worst Christmases for a lifetime. You know, it's like, uh, oh, it's the anniversary of the day that my... My doctor husband died. Yeah, but Ugh. yeah, it, it, it it's, could have been uh, interesting if they played with those dates, though. You know, if like you saw one of them, that's, to, like, that's what I wrote down. Ben. You know, <laughs> yeah, I did like Say it again. Oh, the, the, what, what was that? Play with it? How? <laughs> uh, like you see, like one of them actually trying to like put up 
Christmas decorations, like try to, you know, maintain some sense of normality or something like that, you know, like, and it's, uh, you know, it's just kind of a pathetic thing that they're trying to do. It would have been an interesting thing to kind of incorporate into the movie that this is actually the season that this is occurring in. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Venom, you're going to say something? Uh, I probably was, but you it, forgot. it slipped my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, let's 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 go ahead and wrap this up and, so we can get on our, our second movie. I, I'm just going to come out and say this is a mostly entertaining movie with with you know, creepy atmosphere and tone, but it ultimately lacks a punch and a satisfying ending. And I have to give it a six and a half out of ten. Um, and that that's probably the lowest out of everybody, I bet you. But <laughs> I, I still believe that it's worth a watch. And and who knows, it might actually go up, maybe even a full point when I watch it again. But I just can't get over the ending. I think the ending, to me, knocks it down an entire point. An entire point, so... <laughs> Mr. Ven, uh, Mr. Ven, Mr. Ven, Mr. Venom, Mr. Venom, what what do you have to say to wrap it up? Well, as I've already said, I love this movie. I I am more forgiving of its foibles than most people probably would be. Um, I still agree totally that the ending lacks any real emotional punch, and the story just kind of fizzles out there at the end, but considering what high regard I hold this movie at, uh, I'm still going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. I'm going to say, I'm not going to say it's a must own, but it's definitely a must watch. I think all horror fans, you know, you should do your homework, get acquainted with the past, find out why, you know, where a lot of the modern horror movies that well, haunted house movies specifically, um, of today kind of get their tropes from you know it started from these classic movies from the 60s and 70s so this should absolutely be revisited it should be watched not a bad little halloween movie for uh for a younger crowd maybe um and yeah like i said 7.5 out of 10 yeah i would definitely i just want to say i would definitely agree with you that you should watch it every whether i gave it a six and a half or not Every every horror fan should should watch. This should be like a, a you know checklist type of movie. So, um, Captain Creepy. Well, I was going to give this movie a ten, but every time the date and time stamp came up, that deducted a point from it each time. So you gave it a negative five. <laughs> Because that really annoyed me. It seemed kind of comedic sometimes. You got something horrific going on. Date and time stamp comes up. You're like, uh, I don't get it. Okay. I didn't mind that. Uh But sometimes it was like 10 minutes later. Sometimes it was less. I actually, yeah. I, I actually enjoyed the timestamp oh, for whatever it is. I don't, I don't usually do. It's not like something that I look forward to. But for some reason, it worked for me in this movie. Well, even there's times when it's like 10:30 at night, but it's still light out. Yeah, because <laughs> it's that same shot every time. <clears throat> so. What did you give it ultimately after you yeah. after you deducted all the points? Oh uh, well, real the real rating would be I would give it a seven, and I would say the people that are haunted house movie uh, completists definitely put this one on your list. It's, it is a, a worth a one time watch. Sweet, and Revan and Vin. So I'm actually coming in the highest on this one, um, but it, I do consider this a really good haunted house movie i mean i'm giving it an eight um but i feel like this is a movie that i can turn off 10 minutes before it's over and i'd feel satisfied you know but this is the kind of movie that i feel like i want to watch a lot 
you know, like especially if I'm if I'm going to bed and I want to kind of just watch something before I go to sleep, you know, I, w- I could watch like an hour of this and be completely happy and satisfied and then go to sleep, mm-hmm. not worrying that I hit the ending. So even though I don't really like the ending that much, I do like the first two acts enough where I want to keep on returning to it. Um, so yeah, for me, it's it's an eight. I, for me, I I definitely it it's an owning one for me. Very nice, very nice. <clears throat> All right, well, I, I am gonna mention. Um, our buddy Scott Crawford, uh, host over at the podcast by the Cemetery, they're actually also reviewing this movie. Uh, just coinky dink. So if you want to hear somebody else's take on it, um, then you can check them out. The podcast by the Cemetery. When we get back, we are going to talk about the new movie on our docket, uh, 2017's The Mansion. Okay, we are back. Let's get into uh, our new movie for this episode, and it is uh, The Mansion from 2017. It came out actually in France. It is a French movie, June 21st, 2017. I think this would probably be considered a 2018 U.S. release um, because it just came on uh, Netflix not too long ago. Uh, I'm going to look. Release date for the U.S.? Yeah, I don't think it gives. I didn't one. see one listed. It no. just says worldwide, but yeah, it didn't get so. Yeah, I'm going to count it as a, a 2018 movie, even though it was made in 2017. But it's a, a French movie, so you have to read subtitles. Um, it's on Netflix. The original title is Lee Manor, PG-13, one hour forty minutes long. It's a comedy horror, absolutely, and only 795 uh, reviews. On IMDb, 4.6 out of 10 average. What do you think about that, guys? Yeah, can we get some ratings? Don't even say it. Don't even say it. (laughs) Directed by Tony T. Dattis. um, Written by a bunch of people. uh, Some of the people are actually in the film. I'm not even going to go into who stars in this film because you won't know any of them. Uh, They're all French actors. And uh, I'm not going to butcher their names. Okay, so the mansion is basically a uh, a band of students coming together to celebrate the new year in an old house, isolated from everything. But soon after they get there, strange events start happening and the party turns into a nightmare. So let's take a look at the, uh, the trailer. When we get back, we'll talk about it. Hey, dites, euh, on est obligé d'aller dans un trou paumé comme ça. Ce château Eh, hey, on dirait un décor de film Bah voilà, je le sentais, y'a pas de réseau. Oh putain, non. Sérieux Ouais, zéro bar. J'ai fait une petite angoisse, mais ça va mieux, ça va bien. Nickel. J'ai tout pour l'angoisse. Je passe un casting pour jouer un film à Hollywood, mec Hollywood Ah, vas-y, range ça, c'est immonde, hey, là. Jaloux. Je l'ai vu, il avait des grandes cornes. Des grands yeux. 
que quelqu'un a un mouchoir Ta gueule. Ah, Montrez-moi votre côté fait là. Alors, quelle est la cible Mammifère ou être humain C'est vraiment la pire soirée de toute ma vie. Wow. Bravo à toute l'équipe, c'était super. Il n'y avait pas de monstre, c'était une mise en scène. Parce qu'en fait, j'ai fait un casting il n'y a pas longtemps. J'ai pas eu le rôle, mais c'était. Euh... Oh putain, j'ai une barre. De quelle barre tu parles We are back. I'm just going to go ahead and go first, guys. Without spoiling this movie, remember, this is a newer movie, so I, I, I do, you know, it, it's on it's on Netflix, so go ahead and watch it for yourself. Um, I think I'm probably going to be the only one here that liked this movie. <laughs> and, and I wasn't expecting to like this movie. I thought it was just going to be complete trash. But I actually ended up, enjoying it quite a bit uh i do see that it does have some uh some downfalls some pitfalls but just overall man i had a good time with this movie the, the only thing that bothered me was was the french accents it was just kind of like distracting you know what i'm saying it, it's not it's um i don't know if i say i don't I might, i might cut that because i don't want to we got some people that listen in french we do don't and don't, don't forget your french roots buddy <laughs> yeah but you know what i'm saying it, it, it's just kind of like it's weird to to see like a black guy talking french and he's trying to be like you know i don't know that's just me it was a little distracting <laughs> africa's closer to france than it is to the united states <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what, what did you guys think van what did you think did you was this movie a complete turd for you or uh well, when I started watching the movie, I didn't realize that it was supposed to be a comedy. Um, uh -huh. I only knew that they had established right the conversation right away that they were in the middle of nowhere and had no cell signal. And at first, mm -hmm. I was going to chalk it up to like really lazy writing. But then I decided I really kind of need to double check on this and figure out what it is that I'm, I'm actually seeing. And then I discovered that it was actually supposed to be funny. Um, and I, can't, I didn't hate this film. Um, but one of the issues that I had with it was at times it felt like a horror comedy. But then at times it started to feel more like a parody of a horror film. You know, and there's kind of two distinct things there. Um, yeah. And I think one of the reasons for this was that the characters were such cartoonish stereotypes that they kind of started to grate on me. Um, and it takes a while for things to get going. So when you're kind of stuck with characters you don't like that much for that long, you know, it can, can kind of test your patience. But, yeah, when, when it kind of started feeling like parody, I wasn't into it. But when it was horror comedy, and by that <clears> I mean that the, the horror was, you know, it, it, there's there's a certain level of respect that you could feel in mm -hmm. it, you know. Um then I was kind of more for it. Uh, but when I went into parody realm, you know, or at least it kind of felt that way, uh, it started losing me. You know, there were definitely some funny parts to it, um, some funny jokes, but then sometimes they tended to kind of beat the jokes into the ground where they stopped being funny. But but what parts did you think were parody? Like what what specific parts? Like It, it wasn't exactly the... parts. It was more the people. You know, it, it was the way that the characters acted. Kind of like you know, the, the one girl. What's that? 
kind of like an uh, episode of Scooby-Doo, a little bit. No? Yeah, or it even goes into <laughs> almost like, um, you know, scary movie territory at times, you know? Yes. Like, there's an ongoing joke about how large a dude's member is, you know? And that doesn't mm-hmm. feel like real world. That feels like something that we're in a parody, you know, of... We, we're, we, we're leaving the realm of realism a little bit too much, you know. Or you got the the one girl who ended up having like the red the red hair, the red wig that she was wearing the whole time. I can't quite remember. Um, it was a wig, yeah. But you know the yeah, it was like the the constant innuendos that were being thrown out at very inappropriate times. Just kind of like okay, I don't know, you know. It felt it sort of sometimes it felt a little bit more like a, a Wayne's Brothers script. Absolutely, um, when it started doing those kind of things. Uh, but then see, I, I didn't I didn't get that at all. I got I mean. Let's face it. the The joke about the guy's uh, Wang was to set up the the kill. Yeah, that's you that's know? the only reason that it was there. But even then, I'm kind of like, did they go there? Okay, they went there. I'm like, all right. But but that was hilarious. <laughs> that was uh, hilarious. Uh, says you. Was, yeah. I think that I think that was pretty <laughs> funny. I think that's right. But you know, I I I feel like all like '80s slashers and there's all those characters are all stereotyped. I mean, there's there's all movies from the 80s and 90s. None of them are deep. They're all stereotypes, and we still like those movies. So what is it about this movie that, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just think that. Uh, well, first of I, all, I understand that they're not they're not going deep. And and yes, these are stere. You know, you need to, you need the black guy. He's got to die first. Uh, you need the druggie. You need the you know the jock or the controlling boyfriend. You need the the gay guy, you know, whatever. The book reading introvert. You need all these, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You need, <laughs> you need all the that. virgin. You need, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think that was done on purpose. Oh, it absolutely and, was. Oh, it yeah. definitely yeah. was. They just failed. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. So what? What do you go ahead and, and lambast it, Mister Venom? Go I ahead. just uh, just to go along with what Mister uh, with uh, what Vin said. These these characters were absolute caricatures. I hated every single person in this movie. This movie is supposed to be a comedy horror. I think I chuckled twice. And you know your favorite character was Enzo. Uh, was that the legs guy? Yeah. Mine, yeah. Mine I did was. laugh yes. a little bit at him, though. I, I did that laugh. Enzo, one of my laughs. I, I, Enzo is, scene. I liked his entrance. Mm-hmm. Enzo is the French James Franco. Yeah, okay, looks, that's what like he looked like. I might go with that. But yeah, like I said, just from the beginning, when they're introducing these characters, they're such lifeless caricatures that I, I can't get behind anybody. The sissy is such an over-the-top sissy. The drug addict is such an... I mean, the drug addict has a suitcase full of drugs. He's basically doing a... Uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, damn it. The Johnny Depp movie. Fear um, and Loathing. Yes, fear and loathing. Fear that, that was basically his fear and loathing. You know, this weekend was just going to be his his chance to do as absolutely many drugs as possible, which as a storyline for a horror movie just doesn't work. For a comedy, it should, but it still didn't. Like I said, I chuckled twice this entire movie, and both of the times I chuckled were at absolutely inappropriate comedy. Just totally over-the-top, you know, sexual um, humor that works on a 12-year-old. And it works on me, too. I'll admit it. But, yeah, I just... um, total, Total cartoon characters. They spend so much time on character development, yet I still didn't care an iota for any of these people. I mean, they spent almost an entire act 
on just developing these characters, their relationships, how they know each other, what they're into, blah, blah, blah. And I still didn't give a rat's ass about anyone. I, 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 they weren't even fodder. Like, like when I, when I watch an eighties slasher flick, we know that the people in it, yeah, you know, the, the protagonists are just fodder for the killer. We're just waiting for people to get picked off one by one. In this movie, I didn't even have enough interest to find out how they die. Like, if it weren't for the podcast, I would not have finished this film. Um, it just, ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> and then the second time that I chuckled in the movie was the Spanish-speaking boar. <laughs> That was hilarious. Yeah, I wish hilarious there was more of that, honestly. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> hilarious is a stretch. It was very funny. It was I, funny I'll, because she was tripping, you know? Yes, and, yes and, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, thought that I was, was actually hoping that she wasn't tripping at that point. That this was like, <laughs> this was the danger. <laughs> like, this is what they were going to have to deal with. And then I'm <laughs> oh, like, oh, shit. man, they didn't go that way. <laughs> oh, shit. I like, this is going to be amazing talking boars. <laughs> An army of talking yeah. boars. <laughs> And then everything takes forever to happen in this movie. We go, we go 38 minutes, and I, and I checked the time. We went 38 minutes without even anything remotely horror-related happening. And that was basically just the appearance of the antagonist wearing the horns. So still, no one has died, no one has been attacked, and nothing has happened. Almost a full hour uh, before we actually get uh, a full shot of the antagonist um not the reveal of who the antagonist was but just the full shot you know with the suit and the you know the the cool mask i'll give him credit i like the mask i thought thought the mask with the really big horns though unrealistic because how the hell does that thing stay on your head horns are heavy and that mm-hmm. thing, that thing had like three or foot, four foot horns that kind of came off the top, and I didn't notice a strap on the back of the mask. So, you know, yep. suspension of disbelief. I know. And didn't but, they steal that from Zach Bagans' Demon House? Wasn't it the same thing? I'm just kidding. Uh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, you go over an hour uh, without a death before the first actual death occurs. So, you know. It, I just, for something that's labeled a comedy horror, it didn't make me laugh and it didn't make me tense. Like at no point was I, you know, did I feel tension? Did I feel any kind of fear for any of the characters? I mean, I literally, I would have been happier if there was just a house fire and they all just died quickly. It, it would have saved, it would have saved me over an hour of time. I, again, I, again, this, this is, we've had this conversation before. You know, there there is horror comedy, and there's comedy horror. Oh, and yeah, I'm and, and I think this that. is comedy horror. This is not. This is like without more question. so a comedy with some some horror you know, tropes thrown in. This is, I don't think it's supposed to ratchet up any tension or or any of that. I mean, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. There's no tension in that movie. Oh, that, you know? I uh, I call BS on that. There's absolute no. tension. Think about House. No. Think about the House from from the early 80s. Total comedy horror, but there's absolute tension in that movie. Oh, you know, centered around the boy being kidnapped and then of course, you know, the you know, Richard Mull's character at the end coming back. But the point is, if you're going to put horror in the description, there better be some goddamn horror in there. And there was none. Yes, there well, was Tucker and horror Dale. in this movie. <laughs> there, I, 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 well, Tucker and Dale also me. has... 
there was horror in this movie. Tell me when. Maybe maybe not horror that. Give me one scene. Horror that you enjoyed, but there was horror in the movie. I didn't even see horror that I didn't enjoy. Like what was horror? I mean, I'm 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 asking you a legitimate question. Give me one scene. Uh, I'm not that is sure. Horror. Maybe a mass Wait, killer stalking people one by one. That's it. That's supposed to. I mean, I I can see that. That's Wayne, the definition of a slasher. I can see that in a Wayne's brother movie. It doesn't mean that it's tense, oh my that God. there's tension. I didn't know. We're not saying anything about whether they did a good job with tension. I'm saying there was horror in the movie. I, Whether you liked it or not, there's horror in the movie. Well, I fully admit I didn't like anything about this movie, mm-hmm. but I, I, I'm sorry. I, I did not see the horror. I, I, as, I've, as I've already said, this movie had an hour and 40 minute runtime. No one is even attacked or dies until over an hour into the movie. So that means we are only getting one act of true horror comedy and two acts of comedy. And and in, even in the third act, it's like the way that people died. Most of them are off screen. Um, you know, the ultimate end to the guy that we already talked about with the large member. I, that was supposed to be funny. That was stupid. I mean, I lit- my eyes almost rolled out of my head. Yeah, it was too. so stupid. I mean, that I was like dumb. It. I'm sorry, Mark, but I got to call you out on that. That's not funny. It's dumb. It's it's just childish, <laughs> stupid I humor. I, I thought it was pretty funny. I, I yeah. can't agree. I, I just can't agree. Um, I'm trying to think. I I took so few notes about this movie because my my face was in my palm pretty much the entire movie. Uh, just what is that? <laughs> oh right. I question. I questioned how the killer walks around with those antlers. Because it just doesn't seem realistic. But again, just about nothing about this movie was realistic. I just... Um, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the movie right now. And the first kill is 40 minutes into the movie. Not over an hour. I'm a just I'm just letting you know. The dude's hanging there, stiff as a board. 40 <laughs> minutes into the movie. So, all I'm saying is, I think some people might enjoy this just as a, a laugh this is not a movie that is meant to oh. scare anybody or ratchet up any tension you're not gonna be like biting your fingernails but i, I think some people might in, enjoy this movie um m- m- mr creep captain creepy go ahead and lambast boy him. i couldn't i was holding it the whole time um i want to be quoted as saying uh this movie was like a bad case of diarrhea i couldn't wait for it to be over with um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> in the middle, in the middle, middle of it, I was flashing back to when I took my seventy-year-old grandmother to see the first Avengers movie in 3D, <laughs> and she was just sitting there looking at it the whole time. And at the very end of the movie, I said, "Grandma, what were you thinking the whole time watching that movie?" She said, "I couldn't wait for it to be over." And that's my <laughs> sentiments of this movie. I got. I went into this movie thinking I didn't know anything about it at all. I thought it was serious. This was the first time I've ever seen a foreign horror movie, so I was, you know, real serious. I put it up on my 100-inch screen so I could see all the, you know, subtitles good, and got into it. And in the, in the middle of it, I was like. All right, I see what Mark is doing here. He's messing with our heads. That's what <laughs> I thought. This movie. I was I was wondering who pissed off Mark. <laughs> no, I don't always pick movies that we already know and, and love. You know that would be boring. But uh, you know, I, I definitely think you guys are are 
crapping on the movie too much. This is not that bad of a oh, movie. I got to disagree with you, buddy. I, I, I try to be as objective as possible with these movies. I, 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 I can't pull anything positive out of this film. I just cannot. I, I, I'm not going to disparage your opinion. If you like it, that, that's awesome. Good for you. I hated every second of this movie. I, I couldn't get behind it. I couldn't get behind any characters. Nothing about it was exceptional. Not the kills, not the gore, the comedy that fell flat at every single attempt. Yeah, I um, maybe it was a, like lost in translation kind of thing. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, too, that maybe. And another thing that I was thinking, too, is that this movie, though it's a French film, feels like it's being made for an American crowd. Right. I understand that they're speaking French, but I just... I, I, it feels like they threw like they threw in the thug character and then they throw in the sissy boy dressed like Harry Potter. You know, th- oh this God. is this is all like American stuff. And I understand Harry Potter's from the UK. English, Don't jump right. on me. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> it's just the whole time I'm watching, you got the goth girl in there who doesn't do anything until the end of the movie. Um, you know, you've got the stoner who's proud to be a stoner. It just felt Americanized as all hell to me, but just fell flat. Like, it just did not work for me at any level. Um, I, oh, man, I, I could go on and on. Vin, what else you got? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's... I didn't hate it as much as you, and I didn't like it as much as Mark. Um, it's it's much more middle of the road with me. Um, I there were some things I laughed at, but then I get like I said, when there was a good joke, they kind of just kind of took it too far, where it wasn't funny anymore. Um, you know, and there there's this whole thing for they're celebrating New Year's, and they have this like year two thousand party, where they're all supposed to be dressed as the year two thousand, right? Is that pretty much what the theme was? Yeah, Am I correct on that? that? The, right. the, the 2000s. The 2000s. Not, not 2000s. 2000s? Got yeah, the Harry Potter. The decade, the 2000s. Okay, all right. Um, I, I felt like there were a lot of things that they were dressed up as that I did not recognize. Um, yeah, I kind of recognized Harry Potter a little bit, maybe some Baby Spice. But it also made me think that maybe there were a lot of references and jokes that I was missing. Yeah, uh, the, the black guy was Nelly. Yeah, I got that. Well, yeah, okay, the band aid so gives that away. Yeah, but I, I I wasn't sure if they were if there were things that were happening to them that were supposed to be a joke on what they were dressed as. You know what I mean? Right. I, I kind of I I felt like I was missing a piece of the puzzle here when I was watching it. Oh yeah, I feel. I'm not somebody who has my finger on the pulse of pop culture generally, so <laughs> you know I, I I felt like I felt like there was there were probably jokes happening that I just wasn't getting. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I mean, oh, many. I, I, I will. I'll be the first to tell you that definitely not all the jokes landed, but but there were there were quite a few funny jokes for me. I thought the stoner guy was funny um, when he sat down on the toilet, and then that's that's straight out of Friday Thirteenth Part. Uh, what is that? The Part Three where the where the black guy goes in the outhouse and he's in there. Oh, baby. Yeah, three. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know, and then now, that wasn't part three. It was part five, wasn't it? When he's singing, is it? Five? Oh, you might be right. Yeah. yeah. And when and when the daggone uh, wall started rotating, and he just looked up and was like, "What?" You know. Yeah, that I was kind of funny. I, to yeah. me, that that kind of stuff is funny. See, he and, he was uh, funny for me in the first half, but then in the second half, he was so clueless that it ended yeah. up getting tired. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole thing with Enzo was 
to me, hilarious. It was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Him getting it out in that big old pimped out truck. And you know, what was the name of that truck again? Can you remind us? I don't remember. I do. It rhymes what with kit. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> what was it? We can't say it, Mark. but you know him dancing up and i knew something was going to happen i thought he was going to get like a a arrow through the head or something and the big bear trap that was i mean it was good i I cheered i cheered when that happened (laughs) yeah because he's there for you to hate you know, mm-hmm. oh, I just I thought it. Can I, I thought it was pretty funny. And and they're dancing. His request for them to do you know the whatever it was that they were doing, but their dancing was horrible. Oh, <laughs> oh that party scene! Oh my god, it was so painful. Uh-huh. And they they Maybe played we almost all just go song. see House Shark. Let's go see House Shark. <laughs> I guarantee House Shark will entertain me more. No, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Uh, anyway, and I thought that the um, first of all, the the movie looks really good. I mean, it looks good. It's shot well, and the uh, the makeup on the one guy that got bit by the snake it was was pretty pretty good. I thought. I do have a question about the snake. Where, yeah, it was a did was I don't know. Did the was killers put poisonous? him in there, or was that something that Enzo somehow had as like a pet? Because that just seems like a really random way to try and take someone yeah. out. I don't know. I, I didn't quite understand that scene. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember um, exactly what happened there. But his blisters were kind of funny as they kept on going. But. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought the the makeup was good, but. Yeah, it got it got a little over the top when the sores started to pop. Like that doesn't yeah. happen. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's, whatever. But that's yeah. awesome. It was awesome. It's... Come on now. Uh, anyway, I put it this way. I watch this any day over. Uh, the the newest hatchet movie. Oh. That's just me. That's just me. <laughs> wow. That's just me. And that is just I mean, you, when, right? <laughs> when you're when you're when your dad going uh you know lead lead stars one of the impractical jokers. Uh, I'm sorry, but you you just you lost me there. Yeah, but nobody in this movie was any better, in my opinion. Not a one. Yes, yes, they were. No, not they a were, one. They were not. They were not a bunch of bad actors. And I, I, I believe that they were a bunch. Okay, either they were very, very bad actors, or this director is terrible. So you take your pick, because well, something happens. Definitely, there. The, the director is definitely. Um, you know, this is like I think his first major um, picture. I think he uh, was a. Um, a music video. Yeah, he said Skrillex videos or something. If it's if, yeah. if it's his directorial debut, I'll give him a, a mild pass, and I mean very mild. The film I looks know, good. Oh, the film looks fine. It's, the cinematography. The lighting is, fine. is actually really good. The light, you I, know, the house, the setting was cool. I like the house yeah. for whatever it's worth. I yeah, mean, the set design. Yeah, the technical aspects were fine. It, for me, it was all about the human element. It was just the bad acting, the bad jokes, the the uh, the non scary horror. The you know, it just I don't know. Nothing about this movie worked, and it should have. That's the thing. On paper, I should love this movie. It's got a lot of immature humor. It's got a lot of sexual humor. It's got you know some attractive girls. It's got a cool stoner character. Um, it, you know, honestly, I should have liked this movie a lot better, but 
within five minutes, I'm just rolling my eyes at these people. And the thing is, too, is I'm a lot more forgiving when it comes to foreign films and acting. Since I don't understand the language as a first language, I, I can't I can't really speak to the line delivery. You know, the line deliveries, you know, might have been really, really good in this movie, but I wouldn't know because I don't know the language as a first language. So, but even with me being forgiving, I hated all these characters. I just it, it, there was no redeeming qualities to any of them, in my opinion. I you know I just ah God I'm sorry. <laughs> so what you're saying <laughs> is that you love the acting of Tara Reid in Sharknado Six. Bite your tongue, sir. That, yes, that's but the, this I, movie is the worst thing to ever hit celluloid. I oh, I didn't. Know. I didn't say all that. Come on, let's yeah. not put words in my mouth. And uh. I never ever mentioned Tara Reid. Tara Reid actually belongs in this movie because she's just as bad as anybody here. No, actually, Tara Reid's yeah. worse. No, forget it. No. I, <laughs> Tara Reid's much worse. <laughs> I definitely didn't think anybody in this movie stood out as a bad actor or actress. I think. I think. Any faults with the movie uh, is some of the jokes fall flat. I think that uh, it waits uh, uh, about 10, 15 minutes too long to get going. There's too much, you know, downtime at the beginning. It should have, mm-hmm. you know, really started out with the kills, you know, at least 20 minutes into it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely think if you're a, a slasher fan, if you're a horror comedy or comedy horror fan give it a give it a shot i think you might like it if you if you don't you don't uh but i i think it's worth a shot i I really do especially since it's uh free on netflix you know if you don't if you don't like it you don't like it yeah you only lost an hour and 40 minutes of your life exactly exactly that wasn't a compliment (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to be, and, you know, I'm sure this goes without saying, I'm going to be the opposite of Mark's opinion. I'm going to say this movie should be avoided. No one should watch it, either French or American. No one should set eyes on this film. Um, If if you're a fan of scary movie style Wayne's Brothers horror parodies, then yes, okay, you may enjoy it. This is nothing even close to scary movie. Yeah, you're right. Scary movie's five times better. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Scary movie sucks. Scary movie made me laugh a lot. Mm No, no. I mean, we're we're gonna disagree no matter what. But yeah, I just oh, absolutely. I'm saying it's. I don't think you can compare this movie to Scary Movie because that Scary Movie is just a straight up parody. But how is this movie not? That's what I mean. Like, not it's not a parody. It it has it has some uh, you know parody type moments, like Vin was saying, but it's not set up to be a parody. I don't know. It's not set up to be poking fun the entire time of 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 the of the movies you know i think it's i, I feel like it's, it's it's poking fun at us because we're watching it <laughs> it's poking fun at us as the viewer like wow you're gonna spend an hour and 40 minutes of your life watching this all right here's the next stupid scene enjoy uh, it's <laughs> okay. i think we should probably just move to ratings at this point <laughs> all i gotta say this has been my favorite episode hey i'm having a blast let me tell you <laughs> yeah man Hey, it's boring if everyone likes the movie all the time. Just going in circles, though, at this point. Oh, yeah. No one's going to convince anybody of anything. (laughs) 
It's Republicans and Democrats all over again. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> all <laughs> right. really bring it down, Jerry. Exactly. All right, let's go. Let's go. Uh, I gotta say that this was a this was a fake movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for the really bad Donald Trump. Uh, Impersonation uh, there. Uh, that's okay. Um, yeah, I would give it a, a, a four, uh, and that's being generous. That's all, all right, I gotta Mr. say. Venom, Mr. Venom. Uh, I'm right there with him. I gotta go four, and it only earned that four because of its technical aspects. Nothing, uh, nothing involving any of the characters on screen, any of the horror, quote unquote horror, quote unquote comedy. None of that is earning any points. It's only getting points because it looks nice. So, all right. <laughs> and Revenant Vin. Uh, uh, like I said, I didn't hate the movie. I didn't love it. Some of the jokes landed. Some of them didn't. Um, you know, it, it was a real mixed bag for me. Um, sometimes I was enjoying it. Other times it was trying my patience. But you, you kind of said before, Mark, you know, if, if you're somebody who likes comedy horror, slashers, you don't mind subtitles, it's worth a shot. You know, I'm not somebody who's saying avoid it, uh, but I'm not giving a review. But I'm giving like a 6.5. Um, I didn't feel like I wasted my time watching it, but it's not something that I'm going to return to at all. Yep. And see, that's where I came in. I, Six point five or seven <laughs> out of ten. Uh, not not an over the top great movie, but entertaining to me. And uh, yeah, so I would say if you like horror comedies, if you like slashers, give it a shot. The only thing that I think might scare some people off are subtitles. You know, it, it is a French movie, subtitles. So um, it, it it's a little weird. I've never watched a like a slasher like. Well, I guess I have cold, uh, cold prey, but uh, you know it was a little different. It, it, it felt a little weird watching a slasher when I had to read the subtitles. But anyway, give it a shot. Let let us know what you think. We'll we'll settle the the we'll settle the score on on Facebook, right? <laughs> I think my score is settled. <laughs> no. All right, no, no problem. Hey, everyone has different opinions, and and that's that's okay. That's okay. Um, let's go ahead and uh, tell people where they can find us on uh, the internet. Um, Captain Creepy. Uh, I would say you're gonna have to correct me on the uh, email address, but the one that you have for the horror cast is it ask at the horror cast or ask the horror cast. How's it ask go? Ask the horror. Ask the horror cast at gmail .com. That's the one that you can reach me at. <laughs> Revenant Vin. Uh, you can find me on the uh, Facebook group page or else my blog, which is uh, therevenantreview.com. All right, Mr. Venom. All right. As well, uh, as far as podcasts go, you can hear me on Beneath the Zenith. Evil Episodes presents just the movies, Rad Radio, the all-80s podcast, the Theme Warriors podcast, and Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space. On social media, I am at Jerry Venom on Twitter. On Instagram, I am at Venom Horror. On Facebook, I am Mr. Venom. Um, you can find me at any of the Facebook groups for any of the podcasts that I'm in. And if you want to drop me an email, it is radradiovenom at gmail.com. All right. And for me... You can uh, reach me at AskTheHorrorCast at gmail.com. Uh, check out our Twitter, at the HCast. And check out our Facebook page, which uh, if you just look up HorrorCast 
on Facebook, you'll uh, you'll find us. All right. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of the Horror Cast, where we're all killer, no filler. Stay scared. If thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes and be cast into the fires of hell. Quelqu'un est rentré dans notre chambre. Oscar Pistorius Le mec a buté sa femme, monsieur d'Africain Pistorius Oh putain, alors je l'avais sur le bout Ah ah ah, ça fait du...